Won't you stand with me for the reading of the word? If you've never been to man camp, I'm just telling you, it's very special. It's, uh, wow, it gets, as you can see, a little rowdy. And we get right up in there, right in the middle of it, and get rowdy. I encourage you to get rowdy. I'm usually front and center on the rowdy. But it's because Jesus has been good to me. And I just feel like I want to give him everything I got. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, there's a bunch of men like that too. And so you'll enjoy it. Matthew 16, 25 is where we're going to read. And then also Philippians 3. Matthew 16, 25. He who finds his life will lose it. I may be in a different version. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. He who finds his life will lose it. He who loses his life for my sake will find it. Kenneth Wiest, in his classic study of New Testament Greek words, renders this passage like this. Listen. Whoever finds his lower life will lose his higher life. And whoever loses his lower life on my account will find his higher life. There is a high life that has nothing to do with Miller beer or cannabis, okay? There is a high life that has everything to do with Jesus. As a matter of fact, in his high life, addictions are broken, healing is found, and victory belongs to us. Philippians 3.14, listen to this. Philippians 3.14, I want to make sure I'm in the right version. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. The King James puts it like this. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. God is calling up to a high place, calling us up to a high place, a higher way of living. It's what God's called us to. I call it your best life. And I'd like to start a two-part series today entitled Your Best Life. I want to say a prayer. Father, thank you so much for your word I pray that you would speak to us, inspire us, challenge us today. And for this, I give you praise in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. God bless you. You may be seated. (coughs) Who am I dismissing? Wildlife kids may be dismissed. They left? Okay, great. They got to have a note in front of me for me to get it right. Introduction. That's in my notes. That's what my notes say. So let me give you my introduction. We experience many good things in life, family, relationships, nature, beauty, art, music, especially music, recreation. Theologians refer to these good things as common grace. But as we live a little while, it doesn't take long, we quickly realize as good as life can be, there's plenty of bad No matter how optimistic and positive we try to be, life can get very hard. And if we're honest with ourselves, we know that deep inside each of us, something is broken. There's a darkness with which we struggle that clouds the light, sabotages the good. And the answer is not found in money and things and accumulating stuff and other people. 
the best we can do on our own is live the low life. But Jesus came to change all of that and to give us the opportunity for a higher way of living. He called it life more abundantly. And that is the beauty of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that he has given to us. Jesus laid down his best life for you. Now he asks you to lay down your worst life for him because he wants to give you the best life. To grab a hold of the high life, however, You've got to be willing to let go of the low life. You've got to let go of the low life. Last night was babysitting night. Today I was getting ready. I put on a shirt. It, it had spit up or something from Lyra Jane uh, on it still. And, and I was like, oh, oh, well, there's Lyra. You know, like, can't wear that shirt. I put on a pair of pants, literally. And I looked down, and apparently I'd held Lyra in those pants. I hadn't seen them, sent them to the cleaners yet, and... And, and Lyra, you know, there's some cookie from Lyra Jane, you know, on Papa Bear. And so we babysat last night, and, and we had so much fun with Lyra Jane. She loves Papa Bear. She loves for me to pick her up and take her out to see Birdie. Birdie's out in the yard. It's this little weird metal bird Valerie bought. And, she, and Lyra Jane likes to go out and see the birdie, and she likes me to hit it on the beak, and it, it goes, ba 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 And then she likes for me to hold her out over the roses, and she hits the birdie, and she just smiles. She likes to go see Birdie. She likes to hang out with Papa Bear. And last night, wherever I went, she watched me because she's in love with me, of course. I'm her favorite. And so she, she watched me wherever I went. She, so where, if I was at, at the kitchen table, if I was in the recliner, if I was walking over in the, in the kitchen to the fridge, she would watch me. And then she would, she would crawl because she's mobile. Lyra Jane is mobile. And so she would crawl, and she would go, and, and wherever I was, she'd be pulling up on the chair. She'd be pulling up on the coffee table. She'd be pulling up on the cabinet. She'd be pulling up on the stair. We realized last night it's time to put the gate out, you know what I mean, over the stairwell so she doesn't go up the stairs because she's mobile, y'all. She's mobile. She's moving. And wherever I went, she wanted to get where I was, and she wanted me to pick her up. Because down there on the floor, her vision was restricted. Her perspective was limited. She couldn't see what was going on from up high. Down there in that, in that floor area was the lower life. She, she was vulnerable. She could get stepped on. Opie, blind Opie could find her even down there on the floor. And, and down there on the floor, no matter how much Valerie's cleaned it up and mopped it and, and, and whatnot, because, you know, she does all that, then... There's still, of course I do some, right? Uh, amen. Amen. There's still dirt and, and, and mess and junk and danger on the floor. And Lyra Jane just wanted me to pick her up and lift her above all of that to a high place. She wanted to be with Papa Bear. I'm telling you, when you're living the low life, your perspective is jacked up. You, you really can't see the big picture. When you're living the low life, you'll, you're vulnerable and susceptible to attacks from the enemy. When you're living the low life, you're wallowing in the muck and mire and the filth of this old world. And there's something inside you that, that causes you to pull up. And, and as best as you try, you can't seem to get high enough 
for you to live the high life, you've got to give up and let your heavenly Father pick you up above the shadows, right? Lift you up above the shadows and all that stuff to live your best life, to live that high life. You've got to let your heavenly Father do it. Lyra Jane, she would hold on to that coffee table or she would hold on to that recliner or she would hold on to that little end table and I'd go to pick her up but she'd still be holding on. She wanted to be with me, but she was scared to let go. For her to get higher, she had to let go. And that's the way it is with us. For you to get higher, you got to let go. Scripturally, we were born from beneath, born in sin, shaping in iniquity. We were born to live the low life. But when we got born again of water and spirit, we were born from above, born from on high. And we rose to walk in newness of life. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are past. Behold, all things are made new. And it's that new creation, that higher self, that higher life that's supposed to rise and rule and reign in this life. Paul told the church in Rome, sin shall not have dominion over you. God's called us out of darkness into this marvelous light, into a higher way of living Somebody needs to hear me today. Your best days are not behind you. You're not all washed up and you're not all washed out. Your best days can start right now. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Your best life can start today. There's a great illustration in Scripture that just really portrays Letting go of the lower life and getting a hold of the higher life. It's found in the Gospels, Mark chapter 10. I want to read Mark chapter 10 starting at verse 46. Are you with me? Isn't this exciting? Don't you want to live that higher life? Now they came to Jericho. As he went out of Jericho with his disciples, that's Jesus, and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, set by the road begging, And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer. Rise. He is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he arose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I might receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. This guy was a blind beggar living the low life. And Jesus passed his way. Verse 52, this is very important. It's a game changer. He said, Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. He did not say my power has made you whole, although we know it was his power. It was the faith that this man put into Jesus that pulled the power out of Jesus and took him out of the low life and into the high life. He was about as low as you could go. Bartimaeus is not even his name. It's made up of two words that mean son of Timaeus. 
we would call him T. Timaeus here in South Louisiana, right? He was T. Timaeus. He was little Timaeus. We don't even know this guy's name, but his name was not what was important. The beggar's name would not take him out of the low life and into the high life. But there was another name in the story that would take him out of the low life and into the high life. It was the name of Jesus that had the power to take him out of that low life and into the high life. He began to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Faith cries out. Faith in the name crying out takes you from the low life into the high life. And it was a cry for mercy. I love this. I love this story of blind Bartimaeus. It was a, story, a cry for mercy. He was a good beggar. He had been begging for a long, long time. He was good at begging. He was good at being a blind beggar. He had mastered the art of the low life. He was good, as good as he could get in the low life. But he wasn't crying out to the Lord. I want you to look at me, Jesus. I can't see you, but I hear you're near. I am a great blind beggar, very successful in my blindness and my begging. I've written books on begging and being blind. Blind beggars for dummies. That's one of mine. You may have seen it. I have TED Talks about being such a good blind beggar. You've probably seen that one. I've got over 7 million views of my TED Talk on how to be a good blind beggar. No, he wasn't saying that. What he was saying is no matter how hard I try, I'm stuck in this low life and I'm sick and tired of it. I can't fix myself on my own. I need your help and I need your mercy. He was willing to let go of his successful blind begging career to get a hold of his healing and deliverance and the high life. And he knew Jesus was his only hope. So he cried out to Jesus, have mercy on me. This was his moment. This was his time. Listen, this was at the end of Jesus' ministry. He would never pass that way again. This was the end. Jesus had been ministering for three years or more by this time. And this man had never cried out to Jesus before. He was a latecomer. He was a late bloomer. It, it was, it was, he had waited past his prime. People were like, he's done so much. How come you haven't gotten anything? I mean, he had waited. He had missed altar call after altar call after altar call. Opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. But here at the last possible second, Jesus is coming by. And he decided, I'm not going to miss it one more time. This is my moment this is my day. This is a dangerous intersection over here. Y'all know that, don't you? Please be careful coming in and going out of here. There's always wrecks going on. Some of y'all have had wrecks over there. It's crazy what happens. Am I right, Nicole? I mean, there's some things that happen. There's some things that happen here at this intersection. It's terrible. And when I'm coming off to Plessis to make a left on the airline, you know, they put a right arrow there. I don't understand. It's gotten quiet in here. I'm talking about the traffic, I guess. You don't amen on the traffic, but they put a right arrow at Duplessis so you can safely make a right-hand turn on the airline. 
Forget about it if you're trying to make a left-hand turn on airline. And everybody coming off Germany's turning on the airline as well, right? Y'all know what I'm saying. So there's no left arrow there at Duplessis. And so what happens is me and Valerie will drive. We're coming to the church. We're going to make that left. And if it's at rush hour, there's you just got a split second to catch your turn. Or you're going to have a wreck. And, and when people hesitate, oh, it drives me up the wall. When they hesitate, they miss their moment. And I end up saying that on a regular basis. He missed his moment. She missed her moment. That was her moment. That was it. That was your moment. You had a little tiny opening, and you missed your moment. Now i got to wait another cycle of this stupid red light to make my turn. I get some amens, aren't I, in Jesus' name. Woo! Yes. Now you're with me. You missed your moment. This man was refusing to miss his moment. I've got this small, it's like he knew, I've got this small opportunity, this little window of time. And so as Jesus came through and he heard it's Jesus, he started crying out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on him. Jesus, son of David. There's a multitude. He is having to scream and holler. And they tried to shut him down and shut him up. But he knew I've just got this small window When you are sick of living the low life, I'm telling you, Jesus knows right where you are, and he's going to get in your proximity, but it's not going to happen automatically. You've got to step up to the plate and say, I want it, Jesus. I want it. I am willing to lay aside my old low life to get a hold of the new life. Do you know what I'm talking about? And this man, this man, they tried to shut him. They said, shut up. You're making such a noise. You're making such a racket. Shut up. Keep it down. You're talking too loud. You're disturbing the peace. You're in aggravation. We can't have good church. We can't have dignified church like Lizzie was saying. We can't have dignified church because you're making such a ruckus. And it says when they told him that, he cried out all the more. He knew he was desperate. They're trying to shut me down. I'm telling you, they're not going to shut me down. Jesus, said he cried out the more. Jesus! Son of David, have mercy on me. I'm sick of living in this low life. I've been pulling up and falling down and pulling up and falling down and pulling up. I can't get out of this without your help. Have mercy. Let your mercy flow to me. Woo. And when he did that, the Bible says that Jesus stopped and he said, somebody, I'm telling you, Jesus recognizes desperation. People are not ready for the change that God wants to bring them. And he'll just keep walking. But when they're ready, I'm telling you, he's ready. He hears that cry. His hearing aid's not turned down. He can hear. And he was crying out. He stopped. He said, somebody bring that man to me. And those very people that were, you know, trying to get him to shut up, now they start sucking up to Jesus. And they, they go to the man and they said, hey, good news. It's the same people that were saying, shut up. Now they said, hey, good news. The master wants to have a meeting with you. Come on, grab my arm. Now just a few minutes earlier, they're like, shut up, shut up. They didn't care about his need. People don't always get where you are, right? They don't understand. But Jesus knew. He said, bring that man to me. There's a desperation that I'm going to intervene and bring him out of the low life into the high life. He's got faith. He's got faith. 
Jesus would have walked on by him had he had no faith. But he had faith. Jesus, stop. Bring the man to me. They bring him to Jesus. And Jesus said, what do you want? I love this. I've preached this before. He, he said, what do you want? He said, I want you to heal me. Are you kidding me? I'm blind. Heal me of my blindness. I'm ready to give up my successful blind begging career. Heal me, Lord. I want to see. He doesn't get haughty. He doesn't get religious and say, it's just enough to know that you care, that you hear me. Thank you, Lord, for even communing with a worm like I am. I appreciate that. Don't worry about it, just being in your presence. No, he doesn't say any of that. He doesn't get all religious. He just says, I want you to heal me. I've been living this low life. I want to change. I want a different life. Now, listen, when they told him that Jesus wanted to meet, notice the faith in the man's actions. The Bible says he took his robe, his garment, and he threw it away, cast it aside, and went to Jesus. That robe identified him as a legally licensed beggar in that community. He was authorized to beg because he was legally blind. He was not faking it, and he had a badge to wear, a tag to wear, a license to wear that showed he was a beggar, and he was authorized to beg for money. And what they did, when they brought him, they said, Jesus wants to see you. He thought to himself, I'm not going back to that low life. And he took that old garment and he cast it aside. Somebody else can have this, but it's not for me. I'll never be the same. And I feel like the Holy Ghost today is challenging somebody. You hear what I'm saying? Challenging somebody powerfully. You don't have to live the low life below the standards that God has for you. You don't have to live that low life. He's got an arm outstretched saying, you come on up higher. I'm calling you to a high life. Maybe you've never been born again of water and spirit. You can, you can walk that path today. We can help you go there. Maybe you have been born again of water and spirit. Your faith is in Jesus, yes, but you're still struggling. You've got that old beggar's garment on, and you're living way down here. Jesus, either way, is saying, hey, I've got another life for you that's much higher standard of living. It's a totally different life. You don't have to be bound by all that stuff. You don't have to be bound by that depression and that illness and that sickness and that struggle and that, that low life. I can pull you up out of that and set you on a higher plane of existence, a higher plane of living, and make a difference in your life. It's your best life. Your best life comes from the merciful, powerful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He wasn't playing it safe, this guy. He was saying, Jesus, screaming it, Jesus, have mercy on me. So personal, have mercy on me, on me. How presumptuous, how arrogant, no, how filled with faith, how how just strong in faith. I am looking for you to touch me, Lord. I want you to touch me. Listen, the devil is a liar. He's told some of you, you're stuck where you are. You'll never get out of that. You'll never get out of debt. You'll never get over that shame. You'll never get over that embarrassment. You'll never get over your past. You'll never break free from that addiction. But listen to this preacher today. The devil is a liar and a thief. I've got a Jesus whose arm is not short that he cannot save. 
Come on, give him some praise right now. Can you do it? He can save to the uttermost. It's your best life. Your best life. He cast that old garment aside. You know, in a sense, what he was doing when he cast that garment aside, what he did was he was sowing it as a seed. Here's some seed. Valerie said, you're not going to throw that out there, are you? I said, no, I'm not. Because we got guests tonight. The Masseys are going to rock this house. It's going to be an amazing night. God's going to do amazing things. But he's not done here this morning. Old Barnabas, when he threw that coat, he was. Oh, man. I'm sorry. I got carried away in my message. It's the anointing. It's Jesus' fault. He just cast it. He cast it aside. That's why we got vacuum cleaners, y'all. Valerie will be vacuuming this up this afternoon. No problem. It was a seed. Really, it was a seed. Oh, I'm in trouble for that. Lord, forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Mama. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Lord, for mercy. It was seed. That coat was seed. He's just throwing. He's just throwing that seed out. And when what was going to happen was that seed would fall into the ground and die, and a new life was coming out of it. That's what I want to tell you today. A lot of us we're like, I'm holding on to this. I'm holding on to that. I'm trying to pull myself up. I'm gonna borrow my way out of this mess. I'm gonna smoke my way out of this mess. I'm gonna party my way out of this mess and out of this depression. And the Lord's saying, you need to let go of that. You just need to let go. Sow that old life as a seed. That old low life as a seed. And out of that is gonna spring forth a new life. Your best life. A high life. The life that Jesus has called you to live. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Don't stop until that becomes a reality. In your life, come on, give him some praise right now. Can you do it? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Stand up with me right now. The blind beggar was not modest. He was immodest. He was undignified. He was saying, I want everything you've got for me, and I refuse to stop short of it. He was planting seed into the ground our problem is we tend to dig up that old lower self in times of difficulties and say I'm just going to go back to fishing like Peter did the truth of the matter is if you'll just stand in faith and let that seed take root there's a resurrection that's coming a different life Man, a life that is different, a life that is after God. The Bible says the new man is created in righteousness and true holiness. Don't stop until that walk becomes a reality in your life. God has a purpose and a calling, not just to get you to heaven, not just to live the devotional life here, but vocationally in your everyday walk. He's got a plan and a destiny, a pre-designed path, a higher life, your best life. Now, I could say your best life is on the other side of the cross. But hey, you and I were born 
on the other side of the cross, were we not? I'm not 2,000 years old. None of us are. We were born on the other side of the cross. It's a historical fact. So the truth is your best life has already been bought and paid for. Your best life is on the other side of your faith in the work that was done on the cross. Your best life is on the other side of your repentance and your water baptism and your spirit baptism and your obedience and submission to God and confession and and your walk with God. The devil wants you to think that anything you do will not make a difference, but in reality, that's just a slam on what Jesus has already done. Hear this, preacher. The cross was enough to pay for everything, and the empty tomb was enough to break your addictions. I'm telling you, put faith in the walk. Put faith in the finished work of Christ. God has a new normal. God has a best life. The rest of your life can be the best of your life. Say that with me. The rest of your life can be the best of your life. That's the truth. That's why we do what we do. We don't do what we do just to have a number on a piece of paper on an attendance sheet at Life Point. We do what we do because God can change your life every aspect would you bow your head with me right now Father I thank you Lord if any man is in Christ he's a new creation Lord the devil is a liar tries to tell us we can't break these addictions we can't break these ways of thinking we can't break this depression we can't break out of this bondage that we're in But he is a liar. Father, you have set us free. If the Son sets you free, then you're free indeed. That's what you said. God, I pray, Lord, that you would set the captive free today. That you would introduce us to a new way of living, a higher way of living. If we just started walking with you, or if we've been walking with you for a long time, Father, let that reality become a truth once again. And may we sow the seed of the old life and let it go to get the higher life. Let go of the low life to get the high life, that higher way of living in Jesus' name. Hallelujah.